uh, let's go ahead and uh, first of all take a look at uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans 16, uh, his writing there, and really what, what he prayed as a prayer of committal as he was, uh, 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 you know, the, one of the last things that he said in the, the book of Romans, in that uh, letter that he wrote to, to the church at Rome, one of the last things he said, he said in the form of this prayer of committal, that this prayer uh, uh, in, in which he was summing up his, his heart and his desire for that church. And it says this, Now to him, so he's committing them to him, to the Lord, who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. So you see there that uh, there was a, uh, a prayer to be established for that church to be established according to the gospel according to the preaching of jesus christ and the, the first thing that we need in being established as paul prayed for the church he would no doubt pray the same thing for us and we'd pray the same thing for ourselves and for others as well is to be established according to the word the word of god is the first thing the first necessary ingredient for us to have to be established. To be established with a solid foundation. To be established where, where, where you've got what you need to get started. And you've got what you need to go forward and make progress. The, the very, very essence of being established. The very essence of having the things necessary for you to go ahead and build upon the foundation. You've got to have. The Word of God. Can I hear an amen? The Word of God is the thing the, uh, that, uh, that is so foundational. The knowledge of the Word is so foundational. Because here's the thing. Hosea, the prophet, said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Woo! That tells me how important knowledge is. But not just any knowledge. I mean, you can know a lot about a whole lot of subjects that might do you good if you were, uh, if you had a profession in, in, in uh, that particular area for you to be well-schooled and well-educated there would help you out if you had a profession. But we're not just talking about a profession. We're talking about life here. We're, we're talking about every day and every night and every moment. And we're talking about the Word of God being the thing that can help you through your life in the middle of the night, in the darkest hour. It can help you through any moment of any time of any experience you have. And it establishes you. It settles you. Hallelujah. You established like that house that was built on the rock that Jesus talked about. That was the man who heard the sayings of Jesus and did the sayings of Jesus. And the hearing and the doing of the word, that combination causes you to be established in the same way as that house that was built on the rock. And when the floods came, 
the floods could not prevail against it because it was founded on a rock. Hallelujah. So we see the importance of the word. But Paul also mentioned this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. Romans 1 11, he says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Praise the Lord. My brother Gordon, I see you back there. Can I bother you for a cup of water? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, good to have people to look out for you. Thank God. <laughs> uh, this here is amazing to me because it shows once again, as we've heard many times in the past, the importance of the combination of the Word and the Spirit. The fact that God wants you to be grounded in His Word and have that as the foundation that holds you up. But God doesn't just want you to have knowledge about Him. God wants you to actually experience the one you know. And so having knowledge of the Word and knowledge of what was done for you in Christ and having knowledge of, of who you are in Christ and what's been provided in Christ, that's so important. That foundation of the Word is so important. But God has that and he's got something else for you. He's got something for you to experience. He's got something where he is actually imparting not just knowledge to you. He's imparting his very self to you. Now think about this. That Jesus really in a sense was the body of Christ on the earth at the time he was here. All of the gifts and all of the callings, everything was wrapped up in Jesus. He was the, the, the apostle and the prophet and, and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. He had it all wrapped up in him. Thank you, brother. But you know what? Besides that, uh, uh, he was, he, 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 anything that you could imagine as far as a gifting and as far as something that the Holy Spirit would anoint somebody to do, it was all wrapped up in Jesus. But now that Jesus has ascended on high and now identifies himself as the head, because now he's got a body here on the earth, and that is us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we as his body are equipped in the same way that he was equipped, yet the Bible says he had the spirit without measure. We as individuals have the spirit by measure because throughout the whole body of Christ, you don't have it all in one person. You've got somebody anointed to do this. You've got somebody anointed to do that. And you put it all collectively together and you've got in the body of Christ the very same thing that we had all wrapped up in Jesus when he was here during his earthly ministry. Praise the Lord. So we are established through the Word, but also established through the impartation of the Spirit. And it is so important for us to recognize the things that have been imparted to us through the Holy Spirit and to be open, to be open to the moving of the Spirit of God in our lives. Things that He would want to deposit into you, things that He would want to speak to you. Not things that are out, Outrageous and out, out of line with the Word of God. You see, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. 
So when the Holy Spirit's really speaking to you, he's not saying something that's contrary to the book. He's saying something right in line with the book because he is the author of the book. <laughs> and he will not contradict what he already said. So you know it's really him because he's saying something or stirring something up in you that is right in line with what's in the word. And it's amazing. You know what? We, we just got to go with this. You know, uh, you can, by, by looking in the Word and, and trusting the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can find yourself in the Bible. Let me tell you what I mean. The particular gifting and the particular calling and the particular emphasis that God has placed on you and in your life, when you see that in a particular character in the Bible, that just brings a buzzer inside of you. You, you can look at that person and say, yeah, that's me. For, for instance, if you are uh, an encourager, you can look at somebody like Barnabas over in the book of Acts and say, yeah, that's me. If you are one that, that is, is hungry for the Word and, 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 and likes to expound the Word, so somebody like that might look at another character in the book of Acts named Apollos. Who, who was mighty in the scripture, very eloquent, just needed a little extra teaching, needed somebody to take him under their, uh, their wings. And Priscilla and Aquila, they said that they expounded to him the way of God more perfectly. But you can actually find yourself in the scripture. You can find the, the person who, who was called or, or had an emphasis in their life that's similar to the one that's on you. And when you see that, it rings a bell inside of you. When you see that, it's, it, it's just, it, it's talking to you and saying, yeah, that's what I'm called to do. That's the thing that the Holy Spirit has imparted and deposited into me. Hallelujah. I don't know why I spent so much time there, but hey, no apologies here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're talking about being established in the Word, established through impartations of the Spirit. But Paul also prayed for the church that they would be established in love. This is Ephesians 3, uh, 14 through 21. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's praying here. What's he praying? From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Oh yeah, there it is, being established in love. Rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. But verse 17 says it so well, talks about Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith and that we would be rooted and grounded in love. Paul prayed that for the church of Ephesus. He prayed that for this church, the church in Seekonk, the church in New Bedford, the church in Westport and Fall River, the church in Attleboro, the church in Taunton, the church in Johnston, the church in Providence, and all of our region, he would say the very same thing. He would pray the very same thing, that we would be established in love, rooted and grounded in love.
What else did he pray? He prayed that we would be established in holiness. Wow, imagine that. It's not a dirty word. Hey, no, no, it's not. Thank God. God's called us to live a holy life. The good news about it is that a lot of times we think, how can I live a holy life when I'm so unholy? You know, that, that's kind of the way we think. How can I do that? But the thing is, God does not call you to do something that he doesn't give you equipment to do. You can live a holy life. You know why? Because when you were born again, the Bible says you have become a partaker of the divine nature. So that's why God said, and you see it in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, because Peter quotes it, a statement like this, Be ye holy as I am holy. Well, how can I do that? Because the very nature of he who is holy in the new birth dwells inside of you. Which means it's possible. It's possible for you to live a holy life. Look at what Paul prayed here. 1 Thessalonians 3, 10 to 13. He said, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Glory to God. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. Isn't that amazing? That's what Paul prayed for the church. And I tell you, if it's good enough for Paul to pray that for the church, it's good enough for us to pray that for the church. And not just for the person sitting on the other side of the church. You can pray that for the member of the church that you look at in the mirror too. Hey, you can pray that for yourself. Hallelujah. And and think about this. This is the, the very root of holiness. But let's look at what comes up next here. Because this is what you would call the fruit of holiness. First the root, then the fruit, right? You don't have fruit before there's a root. No, you have the root first, then the fruit. So here in 1 Thessalonians 3, we see the root of holiness. But let's look at something that, that Paul prayed in 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. And you see the fruit of holiness. It says here, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, may he do what? Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. May he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. That there is the fruit. Of holiness. See, he's already imparted into you the root, and now because there's a root there, there can be fruit there. And the fruit 
of holiness is showing up in every good word and in every good work. Hallelujah. Are you excited about being established? Because God wants to establish you in these things so that you can truly flourish as a child of God. Be all that you can be as a child of God, but be all you can be in the particular calling that he's called you to, to so that you have maximum impact. Maximum impact. Ooh, you know, I'm ready to talk to you tonight. This is the first time I've been in the pulpit on this side of having COVID. I'm ready to kick some COVID butt tonight. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so passionate about being established and to see the word of God and the emphasis of the prayers of the Apostle Paul and others about being established. Let's keep on going. We're in 2 Thessalonians 2. Let's take a look at chapter 3. So we know that God has planted the root of holiness inside of us so we can be established in that and then be established also in the fruit of holiness every good word and every good work but now we're going to see that he's establishing us uh and so that we can be guarded from the evil one look at the wording here second thessalonians 3 1 through 3 finally brethren pray for us that the word of the lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. The Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. There is something about your being established that will provide protection from you. Oh, come on, somebody. There is something about you being established that will guard you from the evil one. Because, you see, these things, these necessary things that we've been saying, we, we've seen the, the Word, we've seen the Spirit, we've seen love, we've seen holiness, both the root and the fruit. But, but both the fact that God's put the nature of holiness inside of you, and therefore the ability is there to produce that kind of fruit in your life. And these things being in you is so important because, you see, if you're lacking being established in any way, then that can be a, a, an easy doorway for the enemy to try to get in. But when you're established, you're being guarded from the evil one, which means the crack that he thought he might be able to find, when you're established, he can't find that crack. When you're established, that, 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 that way in that, that he might have tried to sneak in and, and say, well, maybe this is that doorway or that, that open door to get in. But, but, but when you're established, you're, you're guarded from the evil one. Hallelujah. And that way he thought he might be able to get in there. He's not able to get in the way he thought. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And as a, Ephesians says at 427 or 527. Nope, it's 427. Neither give place to the devil. Hallelujah. And by being established, you're in a position where you are not giving him place. Glory to God. Now here's something that I got to share with you. 
And I have to share it with you because it's in the Word. You may not shout about it, but it's all right. You, you'll, you'll, you'll shout eventually. But you need to know this because this is 1 Peter 5.10. And this is, uh, th- this is really a prayer he's praying. He's addressing it to the God of all grace. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, oh no, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Read it again with me. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now think about this. The, the idea of after you've suffered a while means that there's a certain kind of establishing that you really can't do until you get tested. There's a certain kind of being established and, and settled that really does not happen until you're doing some resistance training. Hey. And understand this, and this is always a very important thing that we need to address when it comes to suffering, because there's so many thinking, uh, so much thinking and teaching out there that is really contrary to the truth of the word. But you always got to understand that there's really two types of suffering. There's a suffering that Jesus did as your substitute, and if Jesus did something as your substitute. By him being substitute, that means you don't have to go ahead and do that. You don't have to bear what he bore. You see that? He bore it as your substitute. That means it's already done and covered. You don't have to say, well, I need to bear this sickness for the glory of God. No, you don't have to. Because Jesus bore your sin and bore your sickness. Hallelujah. So therefore, because he did, that's done and settled. But there is a kind of suffering that was not in the substitute category, but something that Jesus told himself to be an example. So you see, you got substitute suffering, and then you have example suffering. Now, where Jesus suffered as our example is really in the area of persecution and the area of how to respond when people are reviling you and talking evil about you. How to respond when people are uh, uh, being violent towards you as they were towards him. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is the example of what to do when being persecuted, when being spoken against. So you see the difference. That there is something that Jesus very clearly said, you can expect this. You, you can expect men to hate you because you're affiliated with me. So you can expect persecution and things like that. But when it comes to what Jesus suffered as our substitute, we don't need to suffer that again. He already did it on our behalf for us so that we wouldn't have to. All right? Praise the Lord. It's a little side teaching there, but very, very important so that we can think of this, this idea of after we've suffered a while, we want to think of it in the right context. So after you've suffered a while, He will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That means there's a certain aspect of being established that comes no other way except the fact that you had something come against you and you had to resist, like I said, resistance training. 
And therefore, as a result of you standing, 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 even when you didn't feel like standing, you were still standing. Even when you felt like sitting, you were still standing. And having done all to stand, you kept on standing. As a result of coming up against a hard time, coming up against a trial, and it's not just having a trial, because if it was having a trial, then the person with the most trials would win. But it's the right response in the middle of a trial. It's the right response when you don't feel like responding right. You feel like giving somebody the five-fold ministry. You know what I'm saying? See, five-fold, you get it. Praise the Lord. But instead of responding according to the flesh, you kept on responding according to the Spirit, even if you had to grit your teeth to do it. And by taking a stand and doing the right thing, even when it was tough, even when it felt hard, whoa, after you suffered a while, you're perfected, established, strengthened, and settled. Hallelujah. Now, just to wrap up what we're talking about tonight, and we'll go into prayer, but let's talk about prayers to be preserved. So we talked about being established, and now we're going to talk about being preserved. And what being preserved is, is that what is established would then be maintained, would then be brought to completion would then not just be established now and fall apart later, but there's references here to a lasting until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to last till then. I don't want to be a flash in the pan. You know, like, you know, you you go to the restaurant and you say, it's real bright and it's real flashy, and as quick as it came, it's gone. No, I don't want to be that. I want to be one that is established now and is preserved all the way through till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians thirteen seven through 9 says this, Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable though we may seem disqualified. So we see in the beginning of verse 7 that he's praying that we would, uh, well, that the church there would do no evil. Verse 8, for we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Verse 9, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray that you may be made complete. Think about this, that you may be made complete. Not just that you would go ahead and last for a little while, but that you would go ahead and be able to be established now and then be preserved, be, be, uh, uh, to, to, to be kept, to, to, to be in his safekeeping all the way through. Hallelujah. Philippians 1, 4 through 6 captures the essence of that even better than that verse, in my opinion. Uh, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Do you see this idea of completion? Like Paul prayed earlier, this also we pray that you may be made complete. 
It is the heart of God and the intention of God to, to complete you, to be able to carry you through, that the very thing that he started is the very thing that he brings all the way through to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So that you're not just established, but you're preserved. You're not just starting, but you're finishing. And sounds right because the one that we're chasing after and the one who is our example is called the author and the finisher of our faith. Well, if he's an author and a finisher and we've got him involved in our life and, and, and he's the Lord of our life and he's the one calling the shots about what we're doing, then we're going to see not just a start of something in our life, we're going to see the finish of that thing, the completion of that thing, the carrying through to the end of that thing. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? And now, as we get ready to close, we'll look at this. Think about this in these prayers that we're going to look at here. Preserved as blameless, to be kept from stumbling, and kept from offense. Wow. You think, wow, that's too good to be true. But I'll tell you what, these, these scripture writers in the New Testament did not think it was too good to be true. They asked God for it. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at what was written. This is Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, where he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Preservation of your whole spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. What about Jude, verse 24 of his one chapter? He says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You might think of yourself as one prone to stumbling. And here he is, the one who identifies himself as one who will keep you. He's able to keep you from stumbling. Well, if he's able to keep me from stumbling then I'm going to go ahead and allow him access to use that ability in my life. Because I don't want to be stumbling and bumbling through life. I don't want to be uh, tripping through life. I want, to, I want to stay on my feet and stay steady all the way until I hear the words well done. And I'm counting on him. And I'm committing myself to him, the one who's able to keep me from stumbling and to ultimately present me faultless. Despite all the faults I have, he's going to present me faultless. You say, whoa, how can you do that? I think I'm pretty faultful. How can I go from faultful to being faultless? Someone say the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And as we wrap it up tonight, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, another prayer of the Apostle Paul. These are prayers, like, like we mentioned, addressed to God. And this I pray, verse 9, Philippians 1, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Hallelujah. That you may be sincere and without offense. The sincere part talking about your heart motive. That, that he can preserve 
a pure heart motive inside of you. That, that he can preserve the, the right heart, the, the, the right approach. And obviously, you know, the, the Lord is not doing these things apart from our cooperation. He's doing this with our cooperation. But if we cooperate with him, glory to God, this is right in his wheelhouse of something he desires to do. Something that he longs to do, to go ahead and preserve us, to preserve our heart, our sincerity, and to preserve us as being without offense. Glory to God. You think about things like, great peace have they who love your law and nothing shall offend them. Or or you think about another verse in Psalm 119. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Things that will guard and protect you from offense. You see, God is interested in you being established and preserved. And here what we've listed tonight is things in Scripture that you can pray for others and pray for yourself so that you would be established and so that you would be preserved, blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and dig into some prayer here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory be to God forever. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word that we've looked into and have seen. Lord, we pray for ourselves tonight according to the scriptures that we've read here tonight. Lord, we pray that we would be established. Lord, established, rooted and grounded in love. Lord, we pray that we'd be established according to the gospel, according to the preaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for the impartation of the Spirit. The, the impartation of the Spirit would be uh, deposited into our heart. The supply of the Spirit would be deposited into us. Lord, by whatever means you desire to do so, Lord, that we would experience the Word and experience the Spirit, and by those things be established. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, you're establishing us in holiness tonight. Blameless in holiness. Lord, not not just the root of holiness, but the fruit of holiness that were established in every good word and in every good work. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, you're establishing us in in, in all the good things that you've got for us. And Lord, you're also, uh, you're preserving us. As Paul prayed, that we would be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe that you are able to keep us from stumbling. Hallelujah. We believe that, Lord. We thank you for it, that you're able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. We thank you, Lord, that you're keeping us, you're preserving us sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. Sincere and without offense. Glory to God. We thank you for this. Hallelujah. You know, I was praying on the way here tonight. And uh, really felt this in my heart. As we pray for the church tonight, and and you know um, I encourage praying for the church uh, locally, nationally, globally, 
But regarding Faith Christian Center specifically, I sense this in my heart, that Faith Christian Center is established and and, uh, the period of time we're in right now, Faith Christian Center is being preserved. Faith Christian Center has been established and now we're in a period of time where the Lord is preserving what he has established. And I want to go ahead and pray along those lines tonight. Father, we pray for this house. Hallelujah. For Faith Christian Center that's been ministering for about almost 42 years. My God, we thank you that this work has been established. We thank you, Lord. This work has been established by God, built on the Word of God. And Lord, that what you've done is amazing, and we stand in awe of what you've done. But Father, we realize that you're not done. We realize that there is so much more to be done. Woo! More to be done than has yet been done. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you that you are preserving the work. You are preserving the, 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 what has been established, preserving it so that this ministry can continue to minister uh, well into uh, this new decade, well into this new century, that, that the ministry here is, is being more effective and impactful than ever before. Hallelujah. Lord, we're not looking at our impact diminishing. Lord, we're looking at our impact increasing. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that what has been established is now being preserved. And Lord, it's being preserved. But Lord, not just that. I thank you, Lord, that it's being increased. Hallelujah. And with the work of the Spirit of God that's being done behind the scenes, Lord, that, 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 that is allowing the opportunity for the scope of the outreach of what comes out of this house to, to be more impactful than ever. Lord, as Paul prayed, we saw it tonight, that the word of the Lord would run swiftly. That, that the, another translation of that, that the word of the Lord would spread rapidly. Father, we believe that out of this place, that you're raising up people, you're raising up voices who would take the very same spirit, the very same word that they've heard in this place, and bring it, bring it to places where it needs to go. Yeah, hallelujah. That the impact, the impact is greater than ever. The effect is greater than ever. That the, the ripples on the pond are, are going out further than ever before. Hallelujah. Father, we believe it. We believe it. We believe it. We pray this out in Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And you know, I just got to say this, because uh, you know, as we're praying about this, uh, we might think of impact in one way. We, we think, well, yep, that's it. We have more people in the house than we have more impact. But I'm not just talking about the physical growth of people in the building. I'm talking about the impact of people that are in this house that hear the word and go out and act on it, and that spreads the fire right where they go, right where they go in their in their field of business, in, in their college or university, uh, uh, even people that that might be sent forth to 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 start ministries where there need to be solid ministries. But but what what's happening is that the very very foundation of this place and the seed of the word of God coming out of this house being planted in them the impartation of the spirit from this house being planted in them and they go forth and bring that very same thing to where they are and to where God's called them and the effect goes on and on and on and on and on hallelujah we see that Lord we see it glory to God we see it we believe it we believe it the best days. <laughs> the best days. Hey, the best days of this house right here ahead of us. <laughs> Glory to God forever. Glory to God forever. Father, we pray for our nation tonight. For President Biden, Vice President Harris. Um, Father, we pray for them that they operate according to the wisdom of God. We thank you, Lord, they're not operating according to what they think is a good idea. What anybody else uh, in, in the administration or in Senate or uh, in the House of Representatives think is, is a good idea. Father, we pray that they walk according to the wisdom of God and not according to the ideas of men. Father, we thank you, Lord. That, uh, uh, that the righteousness will reign in our nation. And Lord, that the, uh, uh, we pray that decisions be made according to the wisdom of God and according to the standard of righteousness. Hallelujah. We thank you for this, Lord. We ask for this. Father, we pray like never before that men and women of character and integrity and holy standards be, be raised up. Those who are called to stand in office not just national office, but Lord, even on a local level, people that would uh, get on their school committee and uh, people that, that, that would uh, 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 get into local positions where, where they're having uh, a voice of righteousness heard in their local towns. Father, thank you for raising up men and women, Lord, uh, that, that, that will take a stand for righteousness. Glory to God. Father, we pray for, for those making decisions, Lord, uh, making decisions regarding so many of the things that we're facing right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, 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 you, that you would lead them. And I thank you, Lord, that, that the people that would be willing to listen to you, Father, that, that the people with, with, with right hearts and right motives would be strategically placed by you to be advisors to be those who can have the ears of those in political authority and in powerful position. 
Because, Lord, we desire your will to be done and your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray for our nation, Lord. We pray, O oh God, for, for godly influence to sweep all the way from the White House through to the Capitol, through to every state Capitol, through to every city hall, through to every town office, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that the impact, the impact of our prayers is being felt and that men and women of standard, uh, of who walk according to a standard of righteousness are, raised, are being raised up and standing in influential positions and having their voices heard by those in positions of influence. Thank you, Lord, as you raised up Daniel, who could go ahead and be a voice of righteousness even in a foreign land. Father, we thank you, Lord, that in our land and in our nation, men and women of righteousness are being raised up so that the voice of God, the voice of truth, the voice of the Word can be heard even by those in the highest offices so that your will can be done and your kingdom come. Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Lord, for those dealing with COVID-related issues and making decisions related uh, to COVID and, uh, uh, and what to do, what not to do, what to open, what not to open. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that all, the, all the murkiness and the, the fogginess and the fuzziness is removed. And I thank you that you give people the ability to see things clearly in Jesus' name. And give them wisdom, O oh God, wisdom, wisdom from God, so that they're, uh, they're, they're not saying one thing one day and another thing the next day. They're not going one day, going this way one day and going the other way the next day. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they're able to see things with clarity, see things with conviction, see things not according to political party or affiliation or any other motive except to want to see the truth, identify the truth, and make decisions according to the truth. This we pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The truth would prevail. And that those making decisions would make decisions based on truth and, uh, and, and, and not based on any other uh, possible influence. Father, um, we as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ here on earth, take a stand. We take a stand against COVID-19. And we say in the name of Jesus that COVID-19 is not going to be allowed to go ahead and just do its thing and just have its way and, and keep on spreading and keep on uh, impacting negatively the lives of people. But we take the stand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we use the authority given to us by the head of the church to say to COVID-19, you are no longer permitted to go ahead and wreak havoc here on the earth. No, 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 no. And you are not in any way allowed to interrupt the work of God. COVID-19, you will not interrupt 
the flow of the work of God here on earth, the, the ability of ministries to be able to function in the way that God's called them to function and at their fullest capacity. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord, that the work of God is going on and is going on unhindered and the gates of hell are not prevailing against the church, but rather the church is prevailing against the gates of hell. Hallelujah. And Father, on this we stand tonight and we believe that COVID-19 is listening to the voice uh, of what we say, the, 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 uh, is listening to our voice because we're speaking, not on our own authority. We're not speaking as, as an independent entity. No, we're speaking on behalf of Jesus, the head of the church, and we're saying what he said, and we're doing what he put us here to do, and what is bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loose on earth is loose in heaven. And we're using the authority given to us by the head of the church. And we say, COVID-19, you will no longer be allowed to wreak havoc on planet earth. You will no longer be able to wreak havoc in this church. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will no longer be loose to do whatever you want to do to whom you ever want to do it. No, we take a stand and we say that in the house of God there is life and life more abundantly. It's the thief that comes to seal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we'd have life and life more abundantly. We speak health to our house. We speak the words of the apostle John who in his third epistle said, Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and that you be in health as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. Father, we take a stand and we thank you, Lord, that those that are dealing with COVID right now, we pray according to what they prayed in the book of Acts chapter 4, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're stretching forth your hand to heal and healing from COVID and healing from every other sickness and disease is taking place. Glory to God. And that the healing power of God is flowing, flowing, flowing. Hallelujah. Just as it flowed out of Jesus when he walked in his earthly ministry, it flows today. And we believe. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. We believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is not different. Jesus is not different. Somebody say that with me. Jesus is not different. Jesus is the same. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, our expectations are not based on anything out of our own wishes or our own imagination. No, our expectation is based on the everlasting word of the living God. That if Jesus is the same, then we can expect today the very, very same results that was provided through the ministry of Jesus, that was provided through the ministry of those who followed him at first. And those who are continuing to follow him, as Jesus said, whoever believes in me, the works I do, 
they will do also and greater works than these because I go to the Father. Lord, we believe you. We believe your word. We have the expectation of this. And truly our eyes will see it, our ears will hear it, our hands will touch it, and we'll fully experience the very same thing and the very same works. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we believe you heard us tonight. Lord, the things that we've prayed out here, we believe you heard us tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Why are you maintaining an attitude of prayer? For anybody that's here and anybody that's watching my live stream tonight, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, He's too good for you not to know Him. He loves you too much for you to turn Him down and not know Him. Jesus is the Son of God. God Almighty, the Father, sent His Son because He loved the world so much. And Jesus is the one and only begotten Son of the living God who died on a cross, shed His blood, the payment for the sins of mankind. And three days later, God raised Him from the dead and it is through Him, through His shed blood, and through His resurrection, that eternal life has become available to us. And eternal life is available to you tonight. The very same kind of life God has is available to you tonight. So I say to you that if you have not yet made Jesus the Lord of your life, now is your time. Don't wait another moment. Don't think about it. There's nothing more to think about. Now is time for action. Today is the day of salvation. And so I invite you to pray with me right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I don't want you just mouth words. I want you to go ahead and repeat what I'm saying, but not just as a parrot repeats words. I want you to go ahead and mean what you say with all your heart. If you believe this, if you really believe Jesus is the Son of God, if you really believe He's your Lord, what's going to happen to you tonight will change you forever. Hallelujah. So those of you here in the house, those of you by live stream, please join me in this prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that Jesus died for me and that he was raised from the dead. I repent of my sins. I turn my back on the way I've been going. And I pursue you now, Lord. I'm going after you. 
And by your grace and with your help, I will serve you and you only all the days of my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I receive the gift of eternal life. Amen. I'll tell you, if you